0: Each week on Sunday evening we take a look at a piece or moment of Australian history and this week we're returning to military history because we're going to examine the World War II loss of HMAS Perth.
1: We've uh, chosen this topic as it came to our attention this week in the news. The Foreign Minister, Julie Bishop, attended the opening of a new exhibition about the Navy vessel and the USS Houston at the Maritime Museum in Sydney. We heard about uh, the latest efforts to protect HMAS Perth from illegal sabotage and Minister bishop outlined the steps being taken towards protection working closely with the indonesian authorities
0: on the line to tell us more about hmas perth is the curator of royal australian navy maritime archaeology at the maritime museum dr james hunter james thank you so much for your time thank you for having me on now let's go back in time to the battle of sunda strait it was february 1942 hmas perth was off indonesia what exactly was it doing there at the time
2: well, uh, Perth was uh, in consort with a U.S. Uh, cruiser, the USS Houston. Uh, they had been in a large naval battle the day before called the Battle of the Java Sea, and uh, it had ended up as a complete route for the Allied forces. Uh, you had a combination of uh, Dutch, British, American, and Australian forces working together. Uh, But because you had vessels that were different, you had different nationalities, you had different command structures, the whole thing fell apart. Uh, They had several ships. Uh, They were quite uh, well-manned, well-gunned. And actually, if you look at the Japanese fleet that they engaged, they were fairly evenly matched. But because of these issues with the command structure and communication issues, they they just fell apart. And uh, the battle resulted in the loss of most of the capital ships. The only two that were left were Perth and Houston. So uh, Perth and Houston had retreated to the northern shore of Java in Indonesia. Uh, They had taken on some fuel and some ammunition, but there wasn't much left. Uh, So they had been given orders to try to escape to Australia. And the way that they intended to do that was to go to the Sunda Strait, uh, which is between Java and Sumatra. And they were going to make that run down through the strait uh, out into the open ocean and ultimately to Australia. Uh, unfortunately, what they didn't know was that there was a Japanese invasion fleet that was in route to Indonesia and to Java and they happened to run right into it um at night so they didn't see them until they were well and truly within the midst of all these ships. And so you had this battle take place
1: now, in that battle, about a thousand sailors were killed aboard the perth and the u s s Houston in the Sunda Strait. Uh, it was a low point for Australia during the war, wasn't it?
2: It absolutely was uh, nineteen the end of nineteen forty one and first part of nineteen forty two was incredibly difficult for Australia and particularly for the Australian Navy. Uh, you had all these sort of events that had happened in rapid succession. Um, you know, you had Pearl Harbor, you'd had the bombing of Darwin, you'd had the fall of Singapore. Uh, but for the Navy particularly, you had had the loss of HMAS Sydney, uh, which was a cruiser identical to Perth uh, in November of 1941. They had lost the entire crew, over 600 crewmen lost in a single event. Uh, and then you had the loss of other vessels that would occur in 1942 as well, such as HMAS Canberra, uh, HMAS Yarra. Uh, HMS Armadale. All of these vessels were lost in 1942. They had losses in the Mediterranean as well. So it was a very difficult year, mm. uh, and Perth's loss, of course, only accentuated this.
0: And and it was what just over a thousand men lost on Perth and Houston. And uh, but there were some survivors, weren't there?
2: There were, yeah. Uh, Perth lost uh, 353 crewmen during the battle. Uh, there were survivors. Uh, some of them managed to get to land and attempted to make it over land. Uh, several of them were picked up by the Japanese, uh, and many, in fact, the vast majority ended up in uh, prisoner of war camps.
0: And we're talking to the curator of Royal Australian Navy Maritime Archaeology at the Maritime Museum in Sydney, Dr James Hunter. Now let's flash forward to 2017, less than half the wreck of Perth remains because it's been damaged by illegal salvaging. How committed is Australia and I guess Indonesia as well to preserving the wreck site? Because that's, of course, something that's been discussed this week and is, I guess, important to your exhibition as well.
2: Well, I certainly would say that there is a will to do something about this, uh, which is part of the reason that uh, we went and inspected the wreck site uh, back in May. Um, We had been trying to do this for a couple of years. There are several sort of hoops that we had to jump through in order for the field project to occur. But uh, we have our Indonesian counterparts, a group called Arcanus, which is the National Archaeology Center in Indonesia. Uh, They have some maritime archaeologists and uh, they are thoroughly committed to trying to preserve this shipwreck. As are staff with Marine Fisheries and uh, several other organizations within the, within the Indonesian government uh, that are charged with preserving heritage assets and also natural uh, assets such as reefs. And uh, I think it's important for people to know that Perth, uh, while it is an archaeological site, while it is a heritage site, and much, most importantly, while it is uh, the uh, you know the the resting place of, of these men who died in the battles in the strait. Uh, it's also a reef. Uh, it's a thriving reef. There, there is a fairly impressive array uh, of fish that live on it. And uh, so it's very important to preserve this from several different perspectives.
1: James, are you talking to any of the survivors, or are there any survivors? There are two
2: survivors from Perth. Uh, I had the great honor to meet both of them on Thursday at the opening of the exhibition at the museum. Um, they are remarkable men. I cannot—I honestly can't tell you how incredible it was to meet them. Uh, They're both in their 90s. One is 94, the other is 98, Uh, but they are sharp, sharp as a tack. Mm -hmm. They absolutely are, and their memories of the battle and the things that they were able to tell us uh, when we spoke to them uh, was fantastic. It really— augmented the work that we were doing archaeologically. Um, It's a weird thing because as an archaeologist, I often deal in abstractions. I I look at the past. I look at people who lived in the past. But in many cases, the people that I deal with aren't alive anymore. The survivors aren't alive anymore. There's been such a passage of time that they've died. Um, But in this case, I've actually got two people who were there. And to be able to talk to people like that and hear their recollections is really remarkable and and something very special.
0: Indeed. And James, just briefly, what can we expect at the exhibition? Have we got pieces that have been taken from the wreck or is it, um, you know, I guess, artists' impressions? What will be there at the museum?
2: Well, there's a little bit there that talks about the history of both Perth and Houston. Uh, we do have objects in the uh, you know in our collection in the collections of the Australian War Memorial, uh, objects that have come from the United States that are related to Houston. Um, one of one of the really remarkable things is a shirt. Um, it was a shirt that a prisoner of war uh, a prisoner of war was wearing, and uh, he had all of these men. Uh, sign it, all these other prisoners of war, some of whom were from Houston and Perth. And um, several years later, his wife realized that those names, which had been written in ink, were starting to fade. And so she embroidered all of those names. Wow. And so those names are permanently affixed to this shirt. And it is just an incredible thing. Um, we don't have any pieces of the wrecks themselves, um, and and part of that has to do with, you know, the preservation initiatives yeah, that yeah. we're trying to do. One of the things that we're trying to promote is the idea that these shipwrecks should be left alone. They are, the, you know, the final resting places for these, these men who served aboard them, uh, and they're valuable uh, in terms of their archaeological uh, sort of information that they can tell us. So we encourage that, and as part of that initiative, we've, we've tried to keep uh, artifacts out of it. But there are some plates from Perth uh, that were recovered uh, a number of years ago, Uh, So those are there as well. A lot of photographs, a lot of memorabilia, letters, just really amazing stuff that, that really gives you the human side of
0: this. Wonderful. Well, congratulations on getting the exhibition together and thanks so much for sharing with us the history of HMAS Perth and also the Houston. I think it's really important we pass these stories on. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much for having me on the show.
0: That's Dr. James Hunter there, the curator of the Guardians of Sunda Strait exhibition, which is on at the Maritime Museum in Sydney and will be travelling to other cities shortly.